This is High Stakes from Gerard Phillips, Kate, and Hancock. I'm David Schifrin. So we just published a special report looking at the rising tension between payers and providers. It's got insight from our network and our team. It also has survey results from the public. And of course, it's got ideas on how providers can prepare for their next negotiation. Check it out at GerardInc.com. In addition to that, this week, with our focus on what's going on between payers and providers, Justin Gibbs, who's a VP in our regional practice, and myself, we spoke with healthcare reform advocate and insurance company critic Wendell Potter. So a lot going on around the payer provider space. And uh, Justin and I decided to debrief on what we've been hearing since uh, we started this project. So that's this conversation. And as always, be sure to subscribe to all of our thinking at gerardinc.com forward slash pod. All right, Justin. So we have been looking at payer provider relations, relations, relationships, whatever, (laughs) a lot lately. We just put out a special report. We've been talking to folks across our network. We had a good conversation with Wendell Potter yesterday as of the time of recording. And it's a weird vibe in the industry right now because we've talked about so much how this scrutiny seems to be returning to providers that we saw before the pandemic. And a lot of that seems to be coming from the insurance side of the industry, but there's a bunch of other groups kind of piling on. And and something that came up in the conversation that we had just recently was that it's it's a different feeling. It's kind of a different, there are different stakes for providers in large part because they have brick and mortar facilities that people can point to. I mean, literally physically drive to, that's where they go for care. There is a physical building. And so the need to be careful about the trust that they have just feels a little bit different. Whereas with an insurance company or an advocacy group, it's a little bit amorphous. And so I was just, I want to start there and kind of hear your thoughts about the the pressure and kind of like why the vibe is what it is and why providers tend to be more cautious about getting into the fray. Sure. Well, I I think part of the reason that the vibe is what it is, is because the insurance community and others have had a deliberate and sustained long game effort to position providers of care in a negative light, especially with regard to costs and billing and perhaps even a lack of transparency. And it's been It is easier for that to happen for providers of care, as you noted, because we all know where our hospital is. We know where our doctor's office is. It is a it is a physical location. And it's also important to note that you don't really get bills from your insurance company. You get bills from a hospital or a doctor's office or an outpatient facility where you go to receive care. And I don't know anybody that thinks that the healthcare bills that they're getting are inexpensive or wishes that, you know, they were higher. So I think it's just a, a fact of the insurance industry being very deliberate about working to position providers in um, a negative light with regard to cost. And then I think it's also just some of the reality of the situation that, you know, these are brick and mortar locations and when patients receive bills, they come from providers, not from payers. Is there anything that surprised you over the last few months about the way this campaign has unfolded? I mean, again, we've been having so many of these conversations and we're seeing a lot of headlines. Do you feel like, did you just kind of shrug your shoulders and say, yeah, this is kind of where I expected us to be after the pandemic kind of returned to 2019 days? Or is there anything about it that's been that's caught you off guard? 
I think two things have caught me off guard. One, how quickly attitudes and sentiments shift. I mean, it was a matter of months ago that providers were healthcare heroes. And, and there's still some of that feeling, don't get me wrong, and there rightly should be. But at the same time, there is this intense media spotlight that's on providers and painting them in a negative light as being predatory for billing and collections, as driving up the cost of care. It, it's surprising to me how quickly those attitudes shifted. And then number two, and perhaps this is just uh, something that I personally get frustrated about, it really seems that the media has taken hook, line, and sinker exactly what the insurance company is. Insurance companies are um, are spewing about costs and the providers being solely the ones who are responsible for that. Never part of the conversation are you know high deductible plans that result in folks seeking less care and being sicker when they do go to receive care. Never in part of the coverage is the insurance company's responsibility about actually working to drive down healthcare costs as opposed to working to, you know, put themselves in a stronger financial position. So I've been surprised that the consumer attitudes have shifted and patient attitudes perhaps have shifted as quickly as they have. And I've been surprised and a little bit disappointed that the media isn't taking a bit of a harder look at the at insurance companies and the, the way that they have um, profited during the pandemic, but also the way that they have neglected a responsibility to do anything other than worry about their own bottom line. I wonder too, I'm getting deep into speculation territory, but I wonder too if the I don't know, the criticism from the fringe is having an impact too. I mean, I, I was talking to my wife this morning and she's like, have you seen this new thing about anti-vax folks coming into the hospital demanding that, th that uh, they receive blood products from people who have not received the vaccine? Like it's becoming that much of a hardline thing, which, and I realize it's a stretch to draw to insurance companies in this campaign, but this whole thing that we keep seeing about from, from that small percentage fringe who's just kind of going off the deep end, frankly, is putting another type of pressure on providers because it's it's the criticism, it's the harassment of the medical caregivers. I don't know if that adds to the noise or if that's just a completely separate thing, but it just feels like everybody is pointing a finger. Um, and frankly, sometimes hospitals aren't doing themselves any favors. I mean, those the stories about predatory billing, like if you're doing that, cut it out. Why are you doing that? It's not helping anybody. Yeah, I, you know, at the end of the day, it's always about trust and the value that your patients or your uh, members, if you're an insurance company, think that you provide. And I think that the insurance lobby and insurance companies are working to erode trust in providers so that they can elevate their own standing. And I think that the pandemic, while the vast majority of folks realize how important providers are in this moment, you know, we have all seen stories about public health officials, and I think that this could also include hospitals and, and physicians who advocate for vaccines being vilified for doing so, being vilified for relying on science and relying on medicine in a way that they were trained to do. But because we live in these hyper-partisan political times, you know, fact and reason don't always resonate. I'm going to ask a really naive, yeah, a really naive question. And you said, 
you know, insurers trying to tear down providers in order to give themselves better standing. Why does this have to be a zero sum game? Like why, why does it have to be either or? It's a great question. And I wish that it didn't have to be either or, and, and I don't mean to suggest for everyone that it does, but I think for the health insurance companies, they have to constantly every single day validate their existence because we we have seen you know examples around the world and wendell potter mentioned this health insurance companies are not necessarily essential for the delivery of care they are as we know they are not providing care there are countries around the world that don't have the same models that we do for health insurance coverage and they still manage to provide care to uh, people in their country and if I'm a health insurance company executive, I'm very aware of that. And as the political attitudes in DC have shifted with the election, I'm probably even more aware of that. So I, I think that that's why you're seeing more of the hardline aggressive tactics from insurance companies. And maybe that's why they view it as a zero sum game because they, they truly do view this as survival of their organization and their company. Um, last question, Justin, something else that, that Wendell Potter reference yesterday is the maybe growing skepticism on the part of like large employers and things like that starting to look at this and go, do we really need the middleman in the way that we have before? To your point about insurance companies kind of having to justify their existence. So he kind of hinted that there may be a little bit, maybe not the tide is, maybe not that the tide is turning, but that, you know, there's some cracks starting to appear. So that's the other side of the situation where so much scrutiny is being piled onto providers. Is that uh, a real opportunity? Is it moving forward? Or is it just kind of something to keep an eye on for providers? I think for for some providers, it's a real opportunity. And as we always do when we talk about creating trust, you have to tell your story. If I'm an employer, I know that what I pay for my employees' health insurance goes up every single year. I don't think that you'll find an employer in the country that said, you know, actually my health insurance went down this year or it even stayed the same. What they pay for their family and their employees' families to have health insurance increases every year. And they, employers would likely assume that those increases that they're paying each year are going to pay for additional care costs or are going to pay for additional investments in the care that's provided through the health insurance coverage. And that's not always the case, at least not in a proportional way. Oftentimes the reimbursement rates that providers are achieving is going up at a smaller rate than what the increases in premiums that employers are paying. And then the question is, okay, that gap, where is that gap going? And for many health insurance companies, the for-profits, those profits are being redistributed to shareholders. For other not-for-profits, they're being added to their financial reserves. And in many, many cases, even the non-for-profits, they're required to have a financial reserve, but they have billions of dollars in addition to what they're required to have. So if I'm an employer, it, that's a bit of a head-scratching moment for me to say, okay, I'm assuming that the increases that I'm paying every year are going to make sure that my employees have better access to care, have more doctors to care for them, have fill in the blank on what it, whatever it is that they need in that community. And that's just not always the case. And that story is starting to get out there. All right. I said that was the last question. This is the last question. Thinking about this from your professional but personal perspective, like what do you want to see happen in the next year? You know, just ready, set, go, unload. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, like real talk with Justin I would, Gibbs. Yeah, I would. 
I would love to see payers recognize the value that providers have in the whole health insurance industry. And especially over the course of the last year and a half, and it's going to end up being two years by the time we're hopefully done with this, to, to not recognize the value of providers, but of a vast provider network that gets care to people in communities across this country, not just in big cities, but across the country, to not recognize that value, I think, is is so short-sighted. And I would love to be in a place to where payers are going to recognize that in a way that they're going to work with providers in better faith than what they're doing a lot of times now. I think that's a pie-in-the-sky type dream, but you ask what I would like to see in the next six or 12 months, and that's what I would like to see. That might be the most idealistic I've ever heard you. That's awesome. Thanks, Justin. Thank you.